This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. giving is being used wisely, and it's being an, uh, used as an investment for the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, good to see everybody here this morning. I know we've got some people out of town. Holidays are coming up, and uh, people are traveling, but we're glad that you're here. We're sharing on Jesus, light of the world. That's what our series has been on all this uh, month, and today uh, we're going to be talking about sharing your light. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, we, the progression was Jesus, the light of the world, and then he spoke to us as his believers, and he said, you are the light of the world. Yeah. Now, Jesus' light shines in us, and so we're to be the light of the world. I want to read you a, a scripture here uh, in Matthew, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. You can follow along in, in your Bible there. Jesus said this from Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now that's what Jesus has called us who are followers of Him. Got any followers of Jesus here this morning? Then he said that we are to let our light shine. You know, I, I remember, uh, I forget, I think it was Motel 6 years ago, used to have a commercial that said, you know, at the end they said, we'll keep the light on. It was one of the chains, I forget, but we'll keep the light on. You know, that's really what God, Jesus is saying here to us. We know, you know, we need to keep the light on. Need to keep the light on. So here's the thing I would say to you, uh, turn your light on. If, or if it's on, keep it on. Turn your light on and let it shine. You know, how do we do that? You know, do we, do we get up on our desk, you know, and, and, you know, at the office and preach everybody a, you know, fire and brimstone message? I mean, what do we do? Uh, I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> That's not going to get you very far. But there are ways that we can let our light shine without compromise but also we can demonstrate that God cares about people. Isn't that right? He loves people. And, you know, and however you express, uh, you, you know, the gospel to people, always make sure that along with the salt, there is also some love mixed in there. Because the Bible says God, I just quoted from John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. You know, he, he, he's not out to, uh, you know, kill the world. He's out to give the world life. He's not out to judge the world, not at this time. There is going to come a time when there's a judgment. But right now, it's a grace time. Right now, it's a mercy time. Right now, it's a time for people to be able to see the light of the goodness and the grace of God that is in us, His followers, and let it shine on them. So turning the light on. Here's some things I would say to you that might help you and help you understand what does it mean to let your light shine. First of all, you know, adopt a non-judgmental attitude. Thank you. That went over like a brick. See, it's all right to make judgments on things that are right or wrong. 
Amen? I don't want to get compromised and get sucked into doing something that, 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 you know, that clearly the Scripture says is wrong. But see, we don't have to judge people. Amen? You know, there was a time when you didn't have it all together. You still might not have it all together. <laughs> so that's, a, that's another good reason. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He said, don't judge. He said, and you won't be judged. But he said, if you judge, then you're going to be judged. God's going to judge you with the same level of wisdom and insight that you're judging all these other people. So, you know, one of the ways we let our light shine is, you know, doesn't mean that you agree with everybody about everything that they say or they believe or they do, but we don't judge them. Uh, Cindy and I were talking the other day, you know, it's interesting about Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus in his day in his earthly ministry here, you know, he was not exactly looked upon by the religious crowd what we would call the church crowd in modern vernacular. He wasn't necessarily looked at as the ideal preacher. He hung out with sinners and tax collectors. He was going to parties where people got drunk. He was even accused of being a drunk. I mean, he, you know, you know, but, you know, here's the thing. Can we let our light shine and not be afraid of losing our reputation. The Bible says over there in Philippians 2 that Jesus made himself of no reputation. No, when you don't have a reputation, you don't have to worry about losing it, do you? <laughs> you don't have a reputation. So let's adopt, you know, one of the first things as we let our light shine, just don't be judgmental about people. Yeah, you can judge things that are not right. Things are going on that's not right. Just walk away. But you don't have to judge the people. You don't have to be critical of them. You know, really, what we ought to do in a perfect scenario is Jesus said, pray for them. He even went so far as to say, pray for those that you consider your enemies. Mm. And then he talks about moral excellence there. You know, God wants us to live a life of moral excellence. Isn't that right? To do the right thing and to live right, that's how we let our light shine. Amen. You know, we, we live in, in, in a pretty much of a relativistic culture. You know, uh, for us as believers, you know, uh, I, I, for example, I can tell you how far the culture has moved. When I was going to school, you know, we used to read the Bible in class. Now you could almost get expelled if you read the Bible. You know, so it, and he's talking about the moral excellence. You know, how, you know, we move further and further and further away from what we will, we believe in the Scriptures, you know, that the Scriptures clearly teach in, in all kind of areas. And here's the thing. We're not out to, 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 to judge the people and, you know, and condemn them to hell. But at the same time, we're going to live a righteous life. Amen. I'm going to live a righteous life as much as, as in me I have that capability by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to live a righteous life. Amen? Well, people, there should be a distinction between people who profess Jesus and the people who don't. Sometimes that's not always the case. You know, and when we talk about moral excellence, we're not just talking about, you know, running around with some other woman or sleeping with somebody out of wedlock. What about jealousy? What about envy? Amen? What about prejudice? There are all kinds of different ways, you know. Let's don't just 
put it in our nice little box here, you know, there's a lot of ways, you know, that we can live out moral excellence. Amen? The Bible says God so loved the world. That means everybody, doesn't it? People different from us. People that look different. Their skin cover may be different. Their culture may be different. The way they do things may be different. The way they talk may be different. But, you know, moral excellence says this, that we can demonstrate a God of love, a God of forgiveness, and a God of mercy in our lives every day. Living a life of moral excellence, living a life where we adopt a non-judgmental attitude toward people. And then here's one you might not have thought of, but generosity. Now, you know, let me, let me just say this, and then I'm going to get on the positive side of it. I've seen a whole lot of Christians that were flat-out stingy. You say, how do you know? I can tell because, you know, offering time, they don't give anything. Listen, if you're not going to give to God, you're probably not going to give to anybody else either. <laughs> Amen? And, you know, money is probably one of the easiest things in the world to give. I go on generosity. I'm talking about time. What about your time? Giving your time to somebody many times is much more needed and much a greater sacrifice than giving somebody some money. I can give you some money and go on about my business. But if I give you my time, i got to stop what I'm doing, what I want, and I've got to focus on use instead of me and what your need is instead of mine and take the time to listen Hello? And then to give of myself. Maybe it's a, a talent you have. Maybe it's an ability you have. Maybe it's something that you can give to people. Generosity. We're talking about turning the light on as believers. He said, let your light shine. So, you know, we need to be willing to be generous, not only with our, our money, but with our time and with our talents. Amen? Be generous with your patience, with your forgiveness. Boy, that's a that can be a tough one sometimes, can't it? Amen. To be generous. To be, to be quick to forgive instead of getting defensive. I know I'm only talking to myself, but that's... <laughs> Generosity. We're talking about turning the light on. This is some practical ways. Now, we, we're going to talk about, you know, sharing the gospel with people, and we certainly believe in that. But before you do that, you know, people need to... Before uh, people find out, you know... What you know, they're more interested in finding out how much you care. Because how much you care really is the bottom line, isn't it? Because all of us know a little bit. We don't know it all, do we? We know a part. We can share a part. But we can all be generous in our time and our talents and even with our finances. Be generous with people. Be patient with people. Be long-suffering with people. That's what the Scriptures teach us. With everybody. Boy, I see two heads nodding and a weak yes. Am I at the right place? And then, how do we turn our light on? With our words. Encouraging, hope-filled words. You know what? People don't need more gloom. People don't need more bad news. Man, I'm telling you. I, I try to keep up. I mean, I don't get all in depth, but I try to keep up, you know, with current events. You know, I'll, I'll peruse the headlines and, and try to keep up with the current events. And I, you know, and I, and I look across the whole spectrum because everybody's got a different perspective on things as far as our, our news goes and politics goes and all those kind of things go. Isn't that right? 
I try to keep up with that. And if you, if you just... If you just keep up with it, just hit the headlines. I mean, you know, there's enough bad news out there already. And, and not only is there the, the bad news that's happening, there's a lot of bad news that people are prognosticating. <laughs> so people hear enough negativity, you know, give them some encouraging words. Let them know that God loves them. It doesn't matter. They don't, they, they don't have to understand all the theology. Everybody likes to be loved. Everybody likes to be loved. So let's, let, let's, let's share with words that encourage people. If you see people, maybe at the workplace, they're going, you can tell they're going through a difficult time. Maybe they've shared it with you. Maybe you've heard about it. A lot of times, if you'll just be in the moment, you can look at people's countenance. You can tell when people are going through stuff when they're down. You know, that's not when they needed, you know, you to come in and, and, and preach them a 30-minute message. They just need you to come alongside and just, you know, let them know that, hey, you know what? It's going to be okay. You know, I, I really believe, you know, God's going to help you. I'm going to pray for you. Now, if they don't want you to pray for them, then don't pray for them. But you can always pray for them whether they want you to or not, just maybe not with them. I pray for a lot of people that might, if I asked them, they might not want me to pray for them. But I pray for them anyway. Not, not in their presence, but I pray for them. But let's, let's give words that encourage, words that will give them some hope. Share something, you know, that will lift people up. They've got enough to pulling them down. Isn't that right? And then, you know, as we're talking about being the light of the world, we need to understand that there, there are people out here in the world, in our culture, in all the nations of the world, but it, we're talking about here close to home. There are people that the Scripture says that they're in the darkness, they're in the darkness. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that the God of this world, Satan in his kingdom, is what? Is blinding the eyes of the understanding so that what? So that people will not be able to or are not able to accept the gospel. There could be all kinds of reasons. It might, might be uh, maybe they've, they've been hurt by Christians. Maybe they feel like God let them down or hurt them. Or maybe they look and see all the things that are going wrong in the world and say, how could a God of love let all this, you know, be happening? There's, there's all kinds of questions that people have that are living out there apart from Christ. And we have to be the light that begins to shine in their life. I want to read you uh, from the message translation here, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. Listen to this. He says, If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. You know, we live in, a, in, in an information world like none other, don't we? I, I'm telling you, I, just in my lifetime, how things have changed so much. I mean, it used to be, you know, only God knew when a sparrow fell in China. Now we all know, <laughs> if we want to know. I mean, it's, isn't that true? Nothing of any consequence happens anywhere in the world, but we can know about it almost in real time, can't we? And there's so much going on, so much uh, vying for people's attention. So many uh, things happening. So many people who have an explanation or have an answer for things. But the truth is, uh, you know, they're living in darkness. They're looking, the Scripture says, in the wrong places. They're going the wrong way. 
All they have eyes for is the fashionable God of darkness. They believe He can give them what they want. And they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. See, that's the thing about Christianity. You know, the Bible says that we believe even though we don't see, we haven't seen, yet we believe. And that faith is what connects us to a living God that we can't see. And that faith that connects us to a living God brings the reality of His Spirit in our lives. And so even though we can't see, we still can know. Think about it. Amen. The Bible says that the God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So though it's a believing that's always the centerpiece. There's also a knowing for us who are children of God. There's a knowing. I might not can explain it to, your, to everybody's uh, you know, satisfaction, but there's a knowing that comes once you believe. He says, they're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ, who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever get. On this side of heaven, Jesus is the ultimate expression, the best picture of God that you will ever get. You want to find out what God's like? Read in the Scriptures. Read in the book. Read about Jesus. Read about His character. Read about His actions. Read His message. Read His life. Read about how He laid down His life for you and I. That's where we're going to get the best message. Remember, our message is not about ourselves. And this is a point I would bring, you know, uh, that... Our light, when we let our light shine, don't let it shine on you. There are no Christian divas. Or they oughtn't to be. Sometimes they're there. Either we make a diva out of somebody or they're making a diva out of themselves. There are no superstars in, in Christianity. Are you listening? They're only servants. I'm going to say that again. There are no superstars in Christianity. There are only servants. Maybe there are some people that have different functions and so forth that may have more insight about the Scriptures. But, you know, they still, that doesn't mean we don't have rock stars and superstars and heroes in the Christian church. Amen? Well, we got one, if you want to, Jesus. But as far as people go, there shouldn't be any. Don't put people up on a pedestal. Only Jesus. Don't put anybody else where Jesus is supposed to be. Amen? So he says, he says, this light, he said, <clears throat> it's not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we are is messengers. Listen, listen to this. I love this. Errand runners for Jesus. <laughs> we used to have a term uh, about years ago. I had many jobs when I was working my way through college. And one of them, uh, I worked construction. And in my first construction job, my title was gopher. <laughs> Not G-O-P-H-E-R, but uh, G-O-F apostrophe E-R. Because they would tell me, uh, go get this, go for that, go get this, bring me that. <laughs> you know, because I hadn't worked construction before. He said, go do this. and go. You know, so I, it, it was gopher, go for that. I was a go. You know, and really in Christian Christianity, that's what we are. We're, he said we're errand runners. We're gophers for God. We, we, we go f f uh, to people and we shine the light. And it's not our light, it's His light. It's, it's not about us, it's about Him and about them. 
Boy, if, if we in the church would ever just get ourselves off of our minds, boy, what God could do with us. Amen? You know, uh, we, in the church, it's unfortunate. We, we complain about the least little thing. Come on. You know, uh, and the worst testimony you can give is be a complaining Christian. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that that's, that, that's what you're known for. I mean, none of us are perfect. Sometimes we might complain. But I'm talking about, you know, that you are a chronic complainer. Some of y'all are laughing. I don't know if that means you are one or you know one. He said, it all started when God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with the light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness because we carry this precious message around in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. And that's really what it is, isn't it? All of us, at our best, we're still ordinary people. We're regular people, you know? We, you know, if you're guys, you know, we, 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 everybody puts their britches on one leg at a time. Amen. Everybody, everybody is the same. You know, if you don't brush your teeth, your breath's going to smell. I don't care how holy you are. We're, we got this in clay pots. Isn't that right? We're, we're not perfect. We're not yet. But he says this. He said, but. He said, that's not bad. He said, he said, the reason God did it that way is to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. So, no matter where you may have achieved in your spiritual growth with God, no matter how mature you may be, no matter how much faith you may have, you know, the bottom line is this. If your light is illumining you more than Him, then it's pointed in the wrong direction. Amen? It's all about Him. It's all about our lives are to make Him known. Our words are to make Him known. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to misrepresent Him. Amen? Because, you know, when the world hears that somebody in the world that's a non-believer, when they hear, I'm a Christian, then what they see and what they hear out of me, that, that's going to be their idea of what God's about. So if you're judgmental, they're going to think God's judgmental. If you're, if you're jealous and talking about people and, you know, gossiping and criticizing people all the time, they're going to think that's the way God is. If you're all mean-spirited and, you know, out to get people, they're going to think that's the way God is. You know, and some people, you know, I can understand why some people haven't believed the picture that they've got from God from the church. Amen. I wouldn't want Him either. So let's don't misrepresent Him. As we let our light shine, let's let our attitudes, let's let our actions, let's let all that we do be a true representation of who Jesus is. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. Are you going about doing good? <laughs> you know, and here's the thing. I know what good is when I see it. And you know what? Most people do too. Don't they? You know what good is when you see it? Let's just do good. Let's do as much good to as many people as much as we can. Amen? Let's give away the love of God as much as we can to everybody that we can. 
You know, sometimes we get busy in the church, you know, and we, we, we start moving out of our place, and we start trying to move into a place that's above our pay grade. You know, you know, I, know, I think it's true in the military, you got, got pay grades. Is that right, Brother Walt? And I mean, you know, I know you got what? Running the whole shebang out here is a big general, isn't it? At, at Maxwell Air Force Base. Well, his pay grade's a whole lot different than this, this, this private down there. <laughs> There's a whole different pay grade there, isn't there? There's a whole different level of authority, a whole lif- level different of understanding. And so sometimes, you know, we try to get up in God's pay grade. That's way over, way over your pay grade, way over it. You know, let's, let's just each one of us stay in our place, and let's let uh, all that God has done in us, let's let it reflect uh, onto other people with our words, with our attitudes, and with our actions. And, you know, and we're, you know, like I said, we're not perfect, are we? You know, and sometimes you might have to apologize to somebody that's not a believer. You know, it might be that they were right and you were wrong. Boy, that's a novel thought, isn't it? All right, I want to, lastly here, I want to share about, or talk about sharing my light. We talked about turning your light on. We talked about the people that need to see the light of Jesus. They need to see the true light. They, they need illumination in their lives, in their understanding. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, uh, the understanding that the Scriptures give and the Holy Spirit brings, you know, it's, it's, it's a spiritual, inward understanding and light that we're talking about. Are you listening? It's, it's not just a, uh, an intellectual thing. I mean, you can't put God under a microscope and say, okay, there's God. But there is a, an illumination and there is a, a, an insight that God can bring into people's lives as we allow our light to shine in them. So here's, let me share some things here about sharing our light. Look in Matthew 28. Read one more scripture here. These are the last words that Jesus spoke on the earth. Verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus called us to do something. He said, go and make disciples. And the way we do that is we, what? We let our light shine. That's the starting place. In Passion Church, that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to make disciples. He didn't call us to, you know, to have a nice building and have a nice, some nice meetings and really feel good about ourselves and really be comfortable and have us a little bless me club and all of that. If that's what we want to do, then I'm in the wrong place. God called us to make disciples. He called us to move outside of our comfort zone. Thank you. Our comfort zone and, you know, and begin to share our light with those you know, who are not in church, who don't believe, who are not the same as we are, who don't look like we do, who don't think like we do. We share our light. So how do we do that? First of all, Jesus said, understand that you have a calling. God has called each of us as His followers. He said, go and make disciples. Now notice He said, go. He said, don't invite them to come. Now we're, we're, we love for you to invite people to come, but that was not His mandate. He invited us to go. Isn't that right? Invited us to go. 
He said, go. He said, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. You know what God, He wants us to do as believers. He wants us to obey what He has shown us. Obey it. Whether it's loving people unconditionally, forgiving people unconditionally, praying for your enemies, amen, going the extra mile. Remember when Jesus, he talked about it, he said, in those days, you know, uh, Israel was occupied by the Roman Empire. And any Roman soldier, it was known, any nation they, they occupied in, if a Roman soldier came up to a citizen and, and said, okay, you're going to carry my armor, they were required to carry his armor and stuff for at least a mile. But Jesus said, he said, I'm telling you, he said, don't just take it a mile. He said, go two miles. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Teaching them to obey. It's a calling. We're talking about sharing my light. It's a calling. It's a message of hope. Are you listening? Our message, the gospel message, is a message of hope. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And you know what? Christ in us is the hope of those who have not heard. Because Paul said, how will they hear unless someone tells them? Someone's got to tell them. And it's a message of hope. It's not a message that God's out to get them. Well, He is out to get them, but not in the way that the world has been told. He's definitely out to get you, all right. He's out to get you forgiven. He's out to get you to heaven. He's out to get you blessed. He's out to get you healed. He's out to get you. Yeah, he's out to get you. But let's, let's make sure we tell them it in the right way. You know, Jesus in his ministry and in his actions and in his message was completely different from the, the religious people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of his day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were legalists. And they said, now, man, buddy, you better, you better do it right. This is what it is. And, I mean, they had a, a, you know, a laundry list of what was the right things to do. I mean, you know, from, from here out the front door of this church. And that was their message. You better do it. God's mad at you. God's going to get you. You better do it. You better do it right. If you don't do it right, He's going to get you. And the inference was, if God didn't get you, they would. <laughs> You know, we're going to help God out here. We're going to get you if God don't. But Jesus came with his message, and he said, you know, he said what? He said, God causes his rain and his sunlight and his blessings to fall on the just and the unjust. In other words, God cared about everybody. Not just all those who, you know, had all their ducks in a row. And so we need to make sure that our message reflects what the Scriptures and the message of Jesus. Amen? You know, I've shared this with you before, but just in this point will be good to reiterate it. You know, many years, uh, you know, especially years ago, getting started out and ministering on, people would come up to me and, you know, they're always asking questions. Boy, I thought I had to be God's answer man. Boy. Didn't take long for me to re resign from that one. I found out right quick I didn't have all the answers. 
But, you know, one of them, people was always asking me about, you know, different ones. Do you think this group's going to go to heaven? Do you think that group's going to go to heaven? What about this group? What about that group? What about this group? What about that group? You know, it was asking me all these about. You know, I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if they were taking a census for God or what they were doing. I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, I finally just came to this conclusion. I said, you know, here, here's, here's the best answer I can give you. If God lets them in, it'll be all right with me. Don't try to be holier than God. I think that's called self-righteousness. A message of hope. And then the people. There's a word in the Greek that's used for family, and it's it's oikos. O-I-K-O-S is pronounced oikos. And it meant extended family and the circle that a person moved in. You know, uh, in the many nations of the world, uh, people look at family and look at a nation very much, very differently than we do here in America. You know, we, we're a melting pot. Yes, we got people from all over the world. But there's a culture here of, of independence, of individualism that is distinct to a lot of other cultures in the world. They, if you go to a lot of other cultures in the world and nations in the world, they think of this oikos more, family. They make decisions based on family a lot of times. And see, we here, we're so fiercely independent and individualistic, a lot of times we can't understand that. We just think, I I mean, you know, they're making a decision as a family about who's going to marry who. Oh, boy, man, we don't, we don't go for that here. But we need to understand, you know, the Bible is not an, you know, from a culture point of view, is not occidental or, or occidental. It's occidental. It's eastern. And this word oikos was understood. You know, Paul talked to the Philippian jailer. Remember that? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and your household will be saved. Oikos. Uh, Cornelius, remember when he called for... You know, he saw the angel, and he called for Peter to come preach the gospel, you know, to come preach the message to him. When he got there, Cornelius and all his oikos was gathered together. You know, what we've done right here, you know, uh, those of you who belong to Passion know, down here in this container, we've got a lot of our oikos written down here that we pray for. We're going to pray for them again before we go today. But this represents our a circle of family and friends, people we work with, people we deal with on a, a regular pace, we interact with. That's what we're talking about. Those are the place where we start letting our light shine. That's the place. That's, that's your calling. Don't worry about Africa right now. Don't worry about Asia right now. Don't, don't worry about the Philippines. You know, here's the thing. Just take care of what our family, that, that circle that we're in. Just let your light shine right there. That, that, that right now, that's all God desires of us is to let our light shine in that circle around us. Amen? Let me give you some suggestions here as I close. Targeting them in prayer. That's why we're doing this right here. That's why we have their names down. But, you know, not just here on Sundays when we pray over these. But, you know, you need to be praying, with them during the, praying for them during the week. Pray for them. Pray that God will open the eyes of their understanding. Get, you know, 
In Ephesians chapter 1, there's a tremendous prayer right there that you can pray uh, over your extended family. Ephesians 1, about verse 17 through the end of that chapter. Colossians chapter 1, about verse 9 following through. There's a lot of, pray, pray the scriptures over them. Pray over them. Pray for them. Speak blessing over them. Well, I want God to give them a hard time. So that... <laughs> Paul said this, writing in Romans chapter 2, he said that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. He didn't say, you know, the calamities of God. He said, it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. When you look at Jesus, you see goodness. When did Jesus judge anybody? The woman caught in adultery, did he judge her? The woman at the well, did he judge her? No. He's not out to judge. He's got goodness to give to people. That's what draws people. So target them in prayer. Then share your testimony as you have opportunity. Not uninvited. I mean, you know, some people, I wish I had their brain for a while. I like to help them out a little bit with this. You know, I mean, how would you like it if, I mean, some, I mean you're, you're sitting in a restaurant and some salesman just came over and started telling you about, you know, his knives he had for sale. And you're trying to eat there with your family. You'd be like, hey, bud, I'm not getting out of my space here. Come on, let's, you, let, listen, let's, let's be wise. Jesus said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Don't just, just launch into it when you haven't been invited. Come on. You know, if you'll do the first part, let your light shine with good works, with the right attitude, you'll get invited to share a little bit of your testimony. And don't go on and on and on and on. Get a little vignette of your testimony about what God's done for you. And and be ready when when people do invite you to share, that you can share that. Maybe it's something God did for you. Maybe it's something He delivered you from or brought you through or helped you through a crisis or something. Have a little vignette of testimony ready so that when people invite you, you can share it with them. You know? And make it about a one-minute thing, not an on and on and on. They don't want to know your whole life story. And then always, too, be ready to share a brief gospel message with them. Your testimony is good, but, you know, and that can help. But when the time is right, be, be ready to just share a short presentation of the gospel. God so loved the world. You, John 3, 16, boy, you can't, I mean, that sums it up, doesn't it? Jesus came, sent by the Father. He died for our sins. Everybody has sinned. He died for our sins. He rose up. Whoever believes on Him will be forgiven. Brought in the right relationship with God. What did that take? 20 seconds? I mean, you, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, they, they don't have to know, you know, from Genesis to, to you know, to maps to be able to get saved. <laughs> All they got to do is believe on Jesus, invite them into their heart. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Listen, <clears throat> God's called us to more than just Sunday meetings. Now, these are good. They're necessary. I'm not belittling them. But listen, God's called us to more than that. If this is all we got, man, shame on us. But if we let our light shine, if we will be ready to share with people the hope that we have, for the hope, we, the reason for the hope we have in us, and do it so that we're not judging people, we're not beating them up and beating them down. Life's doing enough of that. 
Amen? I don't want to pile on people. I never saw Jesus do that. Really, the only people Jesus was really ever pretty stern with was all the legalists and religious people. Trying to shake them out of their, you know, self-righteous attitudes and understanding. And then, you know, here's the thing, and this, I know this is a little selfish plug here, but, you know, bring them to Passion Church. If people, if people show an interest, if people have, have received Jesus, invite them to church. There's nothing wrong with inviting them here. We're not going to hurt them. We're going we're gonna to help take care of them. We're going we're to love them. We're going to uh, encourage them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to help them to grow in the Lord. If you're part of a small group, man, invite them to your small group. That's a great way. You know, some people have been hurt by church and in church and by church people, and that's understandable. Well, invite them to your small group. That's not, you know, you're meeting in, meeting in somebody's home, or maybe you're meeting at Starbucks or wherever your small group may lead. That's a great place to invite them in. It's non-threatening. They don't have to, you know, feel like, well, I don't know what to, you know, when do you stand up? When do you sit down? And... I remember I got married to, to Cindy 35 years ago next month. Uh, amen. Uh, you know, I remember uh, we were engaged, and it was the first time I met her family. It was 19, 35 years ago this Christmas, actually. So, I, you know, she, and she's from upstate New York, and she grew up Catholic. Everybody say, thank God for the Catholics. Some of y'all, some of y'all need to say that more than once. Y'all had a hard time getting that out, didn't you? How many know there are a lot of Catholics that are saved and love God? Amen. Actually, I found a lot of them a lot less judgmental than some of the Pentecostals. But anyway, that's another story. But I remember the first time I was there, I mean, I'd never been in a Catholic church in my life. Well, I take that back, maybe on the mission field, just gone in one briefly. But, you know, so I went on Christmas, you know, their tradition is at midnight, you go to midnight mass, you know. So I hear, I'm going with them to Midnight Mass. That's what we do. I'm here we go. <laughs> I don't have a clue. What, you know, so we go there and we get in there, you know, and I'm looking around. The music was, was nice and pretty and the church was beautiful and all that. But, you know, they were, they were kneeling and getting up and kneeling and getting up. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> it's aerobics, <laughs> you know. And, and it was all right because they, they understood what they were doing. But I, you know, I didn't have a clue. And listen, that's not just true about the Catholic Church. That can be true about our church. Sometimes people come in and, you know, and we're doing this and we're, we're lifting our hands. We're, you know, they don't always, what, are they surrendering? What's up? Is it a robbery? What's going on? I don't know. You know, so they don't always understand that. But, you know, you bring them in. Maybe if you're part of a small group, and I hope you will be a part of a small group, it'd be good for you, build relationships. But you bring them into that small group, and see, they're, they're just in your home. People can relate to that. They can understand that. They can be themselves. Okay? Action points real quickly, and then we're going to have communion here together. Number one, to quote Motel 6, is your light on. <laughs> Please leave the light on. Don't turn it off. Jesus said, don't put it under uh, a bushel. See, sometimes uh, our light is obscured by the bushel basket of our attitude. 
You know, yet you're at work there and you're, you know, you're complaining and talking about your supervisor just like everybody else is. Oh boy, I went there. You know, and we're griping and complaining about the government just like everybody else is. You know what you've done? Your, can't, your light's on, but you've got a bushel over it. So I, is your light on? Keep your light on. <laughs> then, secondly, identify your oikos, your extended family and circle of believers. Who are, the, who are the people that you're around most of your life? Think how much time you spend with people at work. And then just your, your other circle, your, your immediate family, yes, but other circle of people. You know, make a list of those, okay? And I started to say stick it in your Bible, but put it somewhere where you see it a lot. I'm really being bad today, aren't I? I apologize. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but, but, but maybe put it, on your, put it on your refrigerator when you walk by. Or what, something, you know. But, but put it. I got you to laugh anyway. But, but put it somewhere where you'll see it. You know, and just lift them up. And, you know, you can just, you can just take a couple of prayers that I, I mentioned, you know, from the Word there, from Ephesians, from Colossians, and pray that over them. You don't have to pray, you know, hours on end. Nothing wrong with praying like that from time to time, but just pray for them. Just lift them up. And then just let your light shine. And share your light with them as you have opportunity. <clears throat> this morning as we close, we're going to participate together in communion in the Lord's table. If you didn't get the communion elements, when you came in, if you'll lift your hand, the ushers will bring you some elements. We believe in open communion here. That is, you don't have to be a member of this church to join in with us as a believer. You are welcome. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures while the ushers are giving those elements out. In Psalm 23, I love to read this one as we are begin to prepare hearts for the Lord's table. He said, you prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. I truly believe that, that he's speaking of the Lord's table. The body and the blood of Jesus. The Lord's table. Because what? Can't be talking about in heaven because we ain't got any enemies there. So he's not talking about the marriage supper. He's talking about right now in the presence of our enemies. And we're not talking about, when we're talking about the presence of our enemies, we're not talking about flesh and blood people. The Muslims are not our enemy. Boy, I tell you what. Paul said, shall I quote it to you? Ephesians 6. For we do not fight against flesh and blood. So I just want to clarify that you say, yeah, in the presence of my enemies, I'll tell you, that's my in-laws. <laughs> that's not who he's talking about. Not flesh and blood people. They're not flesh and blood people. It's not. It's not. 
So when he's, we're talking about in the presence of enemies, he's talking about what? Satan and his kingdom of darkness that's still in this world. It's not people. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It overflows. Listen, God has intended that our cup overflows. It overflows with forgiveness. It overflows with love, with peace, with joy, with goodness, with mercy. That's what He wants in our life. Who doesn't want that? Man. Surely. Everybody say, surely. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Paul said this. He said, I received of the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. The Apostle Peter, in reference to this, said that Jesus bore our sins and He bore our sicknesses and that by His stripes we have been made whole. If you need healing today, whether it's healing in your spirit, healing in your mind, your emotions, healing in your body, as we partake of the Lord's table, listen, all has been provided for you. It's been provided for you out of the goodness of God. Let His overflowing cup flow into your life where you need healing this morning. Father, we remember the broken body of Jesus. We thank You, Lord. What a love He has shown that He gave Himself up to be scourged for us. The nails pierced His body. The blood flowed down so that we could have wholeness and healing. We thank You for the precious broken body of Jesus. And now by faith as we eat this bread, we partake of His body and His healing for our lives. Thank you, Father. Let's eat together. Father, we just receive our healing. It's a free gift. We don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. Healing. Healing for our mind and our emotions. That one that's discouraged, Father, I thank you for healing. That one that the enemy has just been beaten up with condemnation and guilt. Father, I thank you. There's release right now. Those that are hurting in their body, healing is theirs right now. I thank you. You are a good God. And you do good things. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> in the same way, after supper... Jesus took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. You know, and He goes on to say there, <clears throat> He said, verse 29, Those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. You know, before we partake of the cup, we need to discern the Lord's body. Not only the body 
Christ's body on Calvary, of course that. But also, the Bible says we are His body. So if we have anything against anybody, anyone, here at Passion Church, we need to forgive them right now. Maybe somebody did you wrong. We're not perfect people. Maybe somebody said something that hurt you. Maybe somebody didn't follow through with the promise they made. Whatever it might be, you know, we need to just let it go. He said, let that go. Amen. You know, I endeavor, I'm not perfect at it, but I endeavor to always be quick to forgive people. Because I know this, I'm going to need forgiveness from God. And Jesus said, if you forgive people their trespasses, He said, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you will not forgive other people, He said, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. That's why He said, many come under judgment. So before we drink this morning, listen, if there's anything you need to get right before God, just do it right now. Just let it go. It's not worth hanging on to. It's just not. It's not. Father, thank You for this cup we're about to drink. It represents Your blood, the blood of Jesus. Lord, You said that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. We thank You for the blood of Jesus, the Lamb without spot and blemish, the Son of the living God, who poured out His life's blood for us so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be accepted in Your beloved, a part of the family of God, without condemnation, without judgment, without guilt, just accepted because of our faith in Jesus and in His blood. Father, we thank You. This cup is blessed. And as we partake of it, we partake of all that it represents and all that it supplies. Thank You for so great a salvation. Let's drink together. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You for healing. Thank You for forgiveness. Thank You for peace. Thank You for Your Son. That You so loved us that You gave Your only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, this season of the year, you know, Cindy and I wish You the, the, the happiest, the most blessed, the merriest, the most peace-filled time of ever, Christmas ever, you know. But it's, it's a wonderful time to just let our light shine, isn't it? And to just be grateful. You know, just being grateful, being thankful, you know, that's a wonderful way for people to see how much Jesus means to us and what He's done for us. We let them know He's a good God. He's a good God. You know, uh, I'm like that theologian I talked about. I think the simpler we keep it, the better it is, isn't it? God's a good God, and the devil's a bad devil. God sent His Son, Jesus, so that we could be free from the bad devil. Amen. That's exactly what it is. God bless you. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas. If you're traveling, we, we just believe for God to provide safety for you. If family members are coming in, you know, just love on them. No matter where they're at, just love on them first. Before you preach, love on them. Care for them. Amen. <laughs> Just love on them, you know. You know, uh, it makes sense to plow up the ground before you try to plant seed, doesn't it? And that's really what loving and, and, and showing generosity and kindness and goodness to them. You know, all you're doing is you're plowing up that ground. I like to plow up the ground before I plant seed. 
Amen. Praise God. Well, Pastor Walter. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.